2: what's up guys we're back for another episode of the
1: philly special podcast i'm one of your hosts Victor Williams, and I want to continue to thank you guys for uh, listening to our show. It's been a fun ride this far. Like I've mentioned before, now at 100 five-star reviews and a lot a lot of good traction over the last uh, month or so with a lot of um, great guests, and I'm glad you guys have stuck with me this far, and today is no different, as I have a special guest with us today. He is the host of Scoop B Radio, uh, senior writer of Basketball Society, as well as a contributor to Heavy.com. I have Mr. Brandon Scoop B. Robinson on the line with us today. How are you, man? Man,
2: I'm doing good an honor to be on thank you for having
1: me man of course of course you've been in conversation for a while now trying to uh get get, get you on here and i'm glad i finally was able to pin you down for for a few minutes to (laughs) to bring bring you on the show it's been since uh march i believe uh going back and forth and now i'm uh, I'm glad i'm able to get you so uh man so before we get into uh everything i have for you today go ahead and let all my listeners know as if they don't know already uh kind of who you are what you do um what your line of work is and what your role is in the basketball
2: world. Well, as you mentioned, uh, my name is Brandon Scoopy-Robinson, host of the Scoopy-Radio podcast. We got 3.5 million streams last year. Have had anybody from Shaquille O'Neal, Jamal Crawford, the voice of Siri, Susan Bennett, DJ Khaled, uh, Mark Cuban, and the host of other people on the podcast. Um, And, you know, I'm a senior writer of Basketball Society. Uh, Been there for a little while. I also contribute to Heavy.com. Really and truly have been in the business since I was 12 years old started with the Nets when they were in New Jersey uh, I had a radio show with the Nets for two years called Nets Slamming Planet uh, hosted it with Albert King and Evan Roberts who's over here on the New York side of Sports Radio 66 WFAN um, and you know been around the game for a while uh, know a lot of key players and you know, I, I've I've broken some news over the past year, and I uh, got some right, gotten some wrong. But I, I would say I'm more right than wrong. And you know, it, it's it's a it's a pleasure to live within your purpose and, and do what you love. And I'm not just a newsbreaker; I actually write feature stories uh, over at Sports or Basketball Society and, and Happy.com
1: yeah that's great i have been following you for some time now and i have seen some of your stories and some of your breaking news and a lot of it is accurate regardless of what the rest of the population wants to believe so so you're good by me as far Thank as you, as far as that's concerned so uh one question before we do go ahead and get into the topics why do you think it is that people especially during the pre-agency time why do you think it is that twitter and and the rest of the sports world like to give you a hard time i see you catch a lot of flack more than a lot of others Why why do you think that is
2: well Jay-Z is one of my favorite rappers and you know they give me a lot of flack because I I quote Jay-Z in 99 Problems because I'm young and I'm black and my hat's real low do I look like a mind reader sir I don't know I think at the end of the day you know it's it's people's jobs to to critique Uh, it doesn't matter if you're a reporter it doesn't matter if you're a Broadway actor uh, but the reality is an opinion is the cheapest form of any type of commentary on what someone does Um, you know my job is not to predict. My, my job—I didn't go to school to predict. I went to school to be a journalist, and you know, my 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 time and perfecting my craft um, shows. You know, the, the, if I go into an NBA locker room, it's 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 um, likely that I'll know at least one to three people in each team. At each thirty team, you know, all thirty teams of the NBA, at least one to three people. And you know, it, it's it's I feel like if they're not talking about you, you're not relevant. So I take it all the stride. And I think what makes me different than a lot of other people is. You know i'll reply and say something smart and reply but you know it's all in fun some people take it more seriously than the others but um at the end of the day to, to, to kind of piggyback off of cardi b you ain't popping if they ain't talking about you. So I guess
1: I'm doing <laughs> yeah. something right. Yeah, I think I think you are. Um I have seen you you do respond to people more than the average writer. So so I will give you that. Uh you like to give people your two cents and maybe that's why you kinda get a bad rap, but I'm giving them my two cents and I want
2: my damn change. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm right there with you. I want all the
1: change. I-, I don't want just some of it. I need I need more than two cents at this point. So I try to give more than two cents. worst. Uh, okay. But that's good. Uh, I do. I do like the work you do personally, and I see all the haters, and I don't really understand why. But um, you know, that's just. It's funny that you mentioned that people just like to hate because prior to to this interview, I put out a Ben Simmons thread about a uh, Ben Simmons can't actually shoot if he wants to, and it was just a few clips of him actually, you know, shooting and and that kind of thing, and actually making it. And I see more negative comments than anything, and I, it's just people are ripping me up as if I'm like coming up with some like like far fetched idea that Ben Simmons can actually shoot. So I get that notion. Mm-hmm. Oh, no.
2: Well, I, I, if I may add, I know you got a full show, but uh, I, I think that's also just the, kind, con- the, or rather than the climate that we're in, regardless of who you voted for, the person who's in office, you know, he spews out what he spews out on Twitter and people follow the leader. So if the person who is in the highest office of, of whatever is saying what he's saying, you know, you follow who regular. the leadership is. And so I think that, you know, if people are trolling or people are saying stuff, it doesn't matter whether you have a blue check or whether you're just normal, as they say, I, I think um, anytime you have someone who says what they say it, it carries over, not just in politics, it carries over in sports. I think that's where we are as a society right now. They blur anyway.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I, uh, I've i been trying for that blue check for some time, but Twitter shut that down a while ago. So they're trying to sort through who's real and who's not. And I guess I got to wait for that. So man, right, hopefully right, hopefully right. I get there uh, one will. day soon. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So getting into the first topic here today. So uh, since the NBA has announced um, new coaches challenges, I haven't had my chance to really sp- uh, speak my mind on it. So your initial reaction when you heard that the NBA is now going to allow coaches challenges, I'm trying to think of certain situations that will uh, that would implement it, I keep picturing Brett Brown kind of ready to throw it, and then he just puts it away because I don't see how what they're going to challenge unless it's maybe a bad traveling call or or something of that notion. How do you think coaches' challenges are going to affect the game moving forward?
2: It's interesting. Um, I got I found out last week right when I took my phone off of play, airplane mode when I was interviewing Shaq, and I said, man, if I had heard about that then. I would ask Shaq what he thought about it. As I was processing what I thought about it, the first thing that came to mind is, "Oh no, more arguing." You know, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 I just think the NBA is at a point right now where uh, they're really encroaching on, you know, top sport in, in, in the United States right now. You know, every sport has had its run. Football had its run. Baseball had its run. And, you know, the NBA is definitely a cross between WWE and hip hop, with a mix of, um, and I say WWE because um, you know it's a lot of guys on the mic. Uh, just talking the storylines of the actual game are just as important who's saying what and who's feuding with who so I think when you add the the, the the uh, challenging of calls this coming season it just adds another dimension of talking, you know. It, it, uh, you already stopped the game when you have to go to you know the referees in Secaucus, New Jersey to see what you know what they think and review it in the call. Now you would give coaches a chance to challenge it. Um, I, I, I it's it's unprecedented, and I think that um, it's going to be entertaining for the league, who you know had a successful run this NBA playoffs with, out of LeBron James showing up in the NBA playoffs. So now you add more. To, free agency movement and a fresh season with guys questioning everything um, I think it's going to be a topic of conversation and I think it's going to be more bring more attention to already growing international popular social media popular league so I I think it's interesting I'm not for or against it I have more of a wait and see attitude
1: yeah, that's how I'm interpreting it. Also, I can't really analyze the situation because I'm not sure how they're going to use it. Uh, I'm not sure if it's like they're going to challenge plays or they're going to challenge ref calls. I have to see how how it's going to work out. It's funny that you compare the notion to to WWE, and I'm an avid WWE fan myself. And sports are definitely leaning towards more of a of a uh, performance rather than a, rather than a, a sport. And I think they're trying to maybe like toe toe that line even. Same with NFL in a way. So they're trying to to see what's going to work and what's not. So challenges I think will be will be a fun thing to see. I'm not sure how it's going to affect it like yourself. I'm not sure if it's going to be good or bad, but we'll we'll see next season. The so show. N- moving on to the dust the dust is now settling from free agency the crazy i'm sure you were busy as, as anybody during during free agency with the Kawhi and, and ad and jimmy butler leaving and, and things of, of that nature so now as the dust settles and we look at the sixers roster we have horford harris ben simmons and Bead and josh richardson in the starting lineup now so now that that's set in stone uh we have mike scott and james ennis and others coming off the bench uh looking at the Sixers roster on paper who do you think will be the most important Sixer uh, coming off the bench who do you think is going to be the sixth most important man for the Sixers this year
2: um I don't know I, I I haven't taken the chance to really sit down and process this but I'll take that and raise you this I like what the Sixers were able to do while still losing JJ Redick and Jimmy Butler to me Jimmy Butler was imminent in leaving JJ I was shocked and was kind of disappointed um because I think that um, there was unfinished business for him, but they couldn't afford him. You know, you legitimately—I I spoke to Woj back in June, and, and you know he was saying it was, a, it was a tough test to have all three guys come back: Jimmy, Tobias Harris, and, and, and J.J. Redick. And so I think that the Sixers did a good job of actually beefing up their big man position, adding out Horford, who can not only play and has some has something left in the tank, but can mentor Joel Embiid. He could have been with Joel Embiid in that moment. When he was crying after the after you know the sixers lost to you know, the Raptors at that time and i think more than anything else you know the great study the great it's how i offered one on college level he's going deep in the playoffs and he's played with different teams so i think that now you know looking at the Sixers roster you wonder about the guard position like i said you did lose a power guy and then and, and jimmy and then and, and jj reddick but i think you added um some veteran leadership and i also do think um that if if, if Ben Ben Simmons can learn anything from um, this season or this past season, the playoffs is how much he can play off the ball with your perimeter guy being the point forward in that situation. You started to learn the playoffs this season, uh, Jimmy Butler often you know ran the offense with you know with Ben Simmons you know playing post up. He's he's taller than your other team's small forward or shooting guard, so you exploit that. I think overall is a team that did well. I talked to Elton Brand um, before the draft. He said, man, I'm going to be laying low until, you know, uh, free agency in the draft. And and then I had been reaching out to him a little bit. And he said to me, hey, man, sorry I couldn't get back to you. Things have been a little hectic if you couldn't tell. And, we, you know, we had to share the laugh in that regard. I think Elton Brand did a pretty good job in getting what he could get with 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 the, with the strengths
1: or constraints that he had yeah if you look at the sixers roster on paper like you said we did lose some offense in jj reddick and jimmy butler but i am excited about the defensive prospect in bringing in al horford and now Josh richardson here it's going to be tough i don't see the sixers allowing more than like 80 points well that's generous maybe 90 points a game uh, uh in that in that regard so since um you seem to be fond of the sixers moves do you think they're now the best team in the eastern conference this year
2: no oh man who's
1: better who's better and b b b don't give me milwaukee (laughs) Uh,
2: hmm. i like milwaukee i think Uh. milwaukee um they They lost brogdon they lost brogdon they lost brogdon but
1: hey middleton 990 million Mm
2: dollars but they have a team of guys that grown. they still retain brooke lopez Mm -hmm. and i think lopez is going to exceed expectations this season because I think he has that confidence as a a veteran. I also like Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think he's a rising star. They lost Brogdon, but I still think that there's something special to watch. I think that the NBA's Eastern Conference leveled up. I mean, listen, the Celtics lost Kyrie Irving. They added Kimball Walker. Um, The Sixers, they lost Jimmy Butler. But at the same time, to me, the Sixers are, are, are a top three team. Am I ready to say they're the top team? No. But at the same time, around this time last summer, people were ready to say that the Golden State Warriors were going to win the final. So it's a long season ahead. I like the moves that the Sixers have made, but I think it's showing proof at this point. Because if, if 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 for me to say something like that, I would have liked to have seen the Sixers go farther than they did in, fi- in the playoffs last year. They should have been a final. The NBA team. champs, man. They took the they NBA champs
1: been. to game seven, man. How, how could you how could you argue against that to the bounce to the game seven bounce the NBA champs?
2: Yeah, man. I mean, they lost to the finals. They lost to the champs. But at the same time, to be the champs, you got to beat the champs. And they didn't do that. They lost <laughs> a while later led to Raptors team. And I want to see the Sixers do well. I'm not anti-Sixers, as you can tell on the phone. But mm. I, I want to see them. I want to see them excel. I want to see them do better. And it's not just about a Ben Simmons, you know, and a jumper. Because Jason Kidd didn't have a jumper throughout his career and towards mm-hmm. the, until towards the mm-hmm. end. So I think at the end of the day, it's, it's all about just chemistry, winning, and, and just continuing, as they like to say, to tr- trust the process. So we'll see.
1: Yeah. Well, I like your optimism, and, and uh, I think on paper, at least the Sixers. And I, I'm trying to separate the the fanism uh, from from analyzing the sport and t- trying to be unbiased about it but i really do truly think the sixers have the best roster on paper indiana is is impressive i think brooklyn isn't a contender until of course kd comes back boston like you said lost kyrie but they got kimball walker who's a volume scorer but not really uh, much to speak on defense and, and ennis kenter isn't isn't uh al horford so we have to look at and then of course milwaukee will always be there so uh, i think the sixers are are where they are now i think they're in place to be the best team in the east but like you said they have to put it all together uh bef- before i move on to the next topic i do uh want to um how to um, how do i say it like if you hear like <laughs> my man smacking lips on the on the mic uh he's eating because sorry, uh, cause sorry. He's- <laughs> I, I was trying to think of a nice way to say it, but um he's catching he's catching a meal after after a long road trip. So he had a diner and I said I didn't mind and I would review him while he's eating. So so shout out to <laughs> him shout out shout out to him for doing this interview and trying to eat at the same time, even after the gym and, and and the whole bit. So appreciate you for that. Of course, man. Um so now looking at some some moves that are still left to be made, do you think there's rumblings of Kyle Corver and, and some other players like that? Do you think there are any unsigned players that could help uh, the Sixers still out there on the on the free agent market?
2: J.R. Smith could help the Sixers. Uh, I, he had a meeting at the time of this recording on Thursday um, with the Milwaukee Bucks, but the Sixers and the and the Milwaukee, or excuse me, the Sixers and the Houston Rockets also do have interest in uh, J.R. Smith. So we'll see what happens. J.R. Smith is from central New Jersey. Uh, Split time between uh, Freehold and that area, as well as uh, went to high school at at, at St. Benedict's High School in Newark, New Jersey. But um, no, Philly. Um, And, and, you know, I I think the 76ers would be an interesting fit, but I also think that Milwaukee would be a good fit. I think he could fill that void. As far as Kyle Culver is concerned, it would be a homecoming of sorts. I remember watching Kyle Culver during my days at Eastern University as an undergraduate student and, uh, you know, Philly fell in love with him throughout playing with Allen Iverson and company, so Corver would be cool. I know the Lakers have an interest in him as well, and they're keeping that last and final roster spot open for Corver and some of the other people that are that could come along, albeit Carmelo Anthony, albeit a potential Chris Paul buyout as well. But Philadelphia and Kyle Corver would make sense. We'll see if that actually happens.
1: Yeah, I think uh, Jarrow Smith would be an interesting fit here. I, I haven't heard too many rumblings about that, so I am pretty surprised um, to hear about it. I am shocked that Kyle Corver hasn't been signed yet. I assumed that immediately once he cl- cleared waivers, I thought he'd be grabbed by somebody. So maybe he's just taking his time and, and looking over what the teams are offering him. So he's, speaking just of people, he's just taking he's his taking time. He's just taking his time. Was he 39 now? He's like, yeah, man, it's uh, my last that. year. <laughs> I mean,
2: when you think about it, right? I was with Ray Allen um, in February. And, you know, obviously, Ray Allen was one of the best three-point shooters to ever suit up in the NBA. And I asked him, yo, man, you can still suit up for some teams. Why? Why don't you want to play anymore? He goes, I gave all the all that I could to the game. Mm-hmm. Kyle Corver, I think, has maybe one or two years left in him. Um, and, you know, in the NBA these days, being a shooter is premium. And, you know, you can never go wrong with being a shooter. You look at Del Curry, Steph Curry's dad. And the yeah, net, his- Del joke in his career, I remember being in the locker room with him. At the end of the day, you know, if you can shoot, you can do anything, and you'll always be in demand. I think Ray Allen could still come today and play in the NBA and adapt, but he has no interest in doing it anymore. When you look at Kyle Corver, you know, in the right system, he can shoot. You lose J.J. Redick and you add Kyle Corver, that's not a bad look.
1: Yeah, well, that's why Jamal Crawford and Vince Carter are still hanging around, because they can still shoot it. So
2: so that's that's exactly what you mean. I had Jamal Crawford on the Scoopy Radio podcast last summer. He wanted to play for the 76ers. He is a guy that the Sixers are also oh, looking at we There all is a tie him. there. There's a yeah, yeah, and there's a tie there because, you know, last year there was a roster that there was a, a contract that the Sixers had to get rid of in order to bring Jamal Crawford in. Um the Sixers have the space now and you know there's a connection there. Um uh Jamal Crawford and Elton Brand were actually Chicago Bulls' teammates early in their career. Mm. they have a relationship that's there. Jamal really wanted to play for the Sixers. I can tell you that. Do um, mm,
1: he have a chance of coming this year?
2: Um, it's possible. Jamal Jamal signed with the Phoenix Suns. Um, league sources share with me he could still, and this was back in December, mm-hmm. uh, he could have still joined the Sixers uh, either through buyout season last year. He ended mm-hmm. up staying with his, with the Suns, but. Um, Jabon Crawford had an interest in playing for the Sixers last summer. He had an interest for playing with them during the season, but it didn't happen that way. He stayed with with, with Phoenix, and we'll see what happens this summer. I know that there were multiple teams that were interested in him. Uh, The Lakers, uh, the Mavericks, the Houston Rockets, and the Philadelphia 76ers all had an interest in Jamon Crawford, I'm I'm
1: told. We're talking about people on the move and pre-agency acquisitions and things of that notion. Uh, I want to get to your thoughts on Elton Brand. Of course, uh, when he came into the draft, Uh, And he had maybe a lackluster draft. He let uh, some players go like Carson Edwards, Bruno Fernando, came away with Matisse Stiebel. But people were starting to look at why did we have five picks and we came away with one decent player? Well, some some other ones who we saw in summer league. But Matisse Stiebel is the main one. If you were to analyze uh, like the draft and free agency and the whole bit, all the additions, the the Josh Richardson trade, the um, Al Horford signing, everything else, bringing back Ennis, Mike Scott. What grade would you give? Elton Brand uh, for this offseason so far?
2: Well, you know, I know Elton, so I'm I'm not going to go easy. (laughs) 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 He pays attention to my tweets. I got a funny story about that. But um, Elton Brand, I would give him a B plus because you lost J.J. Redick, you lost Jimmy Butler, but you kind of knew Jimmy was leaving. Um, But you still you still got Tobias Harris to come back. Tobias wanted to stay in Philadelphia. and I think that with the draft, people had questions about Matisse, where, the, where that was coming from. But I think Elton was under a lot of pressure, and, 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 and I think he came away with a lot of players that were within his image. Um, and, and, I, and I go back last summer to now. Um, Elton Brand kind of came in. He was everything Malik Rose was supposed to be, had Malik Rose got in the front office position with the Sixers. Um, you know, I, I make this comparison often. You look at Elton Brand as a general manager with the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, In my mind it mirrors uh nba commissioner adam silver when he first came into the league and had to deal with you know that the donald sterling situation you know adam silver was thrust into or rather elder brand was thrust into a position where he had to you know find a way to get rid of or rather trade to get jimmy butler and it's interesting because now the sixers get josh richardson you know and, and and jimmy butler wanted he was between Houston and miami back last fall and you know jimmy got his wish and went to miami but you know he got josh richardson to replace jimmy Butler. I think it's going to immensely help um, Ben Simmons scoring-wise. He's a beast. He's an animal. And then, you know, he just added pieces to the puzzle. Um, I, I have to commend him, and I, and I think that the sky's the limit. I'm you know, scared. Money don't make no money, as he said after the Tobias Irish trade. And, you know, <laughs> he stayed within those parameters. And I think the pressure is more so on Brett Brown at this point than it is Elton Brand. I think Elton Brand's job is secure. He got the players. Got the personnel. Now, you know, even in the offseason, adding a Udoka, an uh, assistant coach under Greg Popovich in San Antonio. A guy that has a relationship with head coach Brett Brown during their days in San Antonio when they won a the championship in 2015, when Brett Brown was an assistant in San Antonio. You know, Sixers are in good hands. It's just a matter of closing the deal. And I think Elton did a pretty good job.
1: I do like what Elton did. I liked his additions even back at the trade deadline when they got Jimmy Butler. He showed. He wasn't scared. He showed that he knew he had to make moves for the Sixers to do it. Now he let go of projects like Markel Fultz and, and that whole story. And uh, I think oh, Elton, good old Markel. Yeah, Fultz. Oh man, good old Markel Fultz. I actually uh, and I hope he I hope he pulls it together because I, I, I haven't heard good things to, to this point. But um. but he let he let him go. And I was pretty upset when he did. And I was, I was, I wanted to hold on to him just for a little bit longer because that prospect in Washington was such a such a good fit for this team. But now we have another Washington project in Thibault, and, and now, like you said, it's up to Brett Brown. He has a full roster. We shouldn't see any much turnover midseason. No midseason additions or anything like that. He has a stable roster to coach, and it's up to him to give him over the hump. Uh, you did mention the Elton Brand story and, and, and your tweets. Go ahead and uh, let us know what 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 Elton Brand has been has been on your back for. yeah, <laughs> you, know, you talked about
2: Mar- you talked about Markel time. If you remember, I was the guy who, you know, reported that Markel Fultz had an accident that you know messed yeah, up yeah, shoot it was the shooting show. ATV
1: and, or whatever it was, the motorcycle, something like that. Just,
2: and so basically, I ran into Elton at a party, introduced myself. Said, "I know who you are." He said, "You got it. The six send me all your <laughs> dangling <on> tweets." <laughs> and uh, you know, we had a, 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 more, a, a more formal conversation. We have similar ties. I went to prep school with one of his cousins, uh, who played professional basketball. and, you know, it, it, we, we, we really got cool after that and, you know, he's definitely a guy you can bounce ideas off of and, and you know, get his insight. And, uh, <clears throat> in this league, either you have relationships with players, front office people or agents and, you know, I have the balance of all those things. Glad to have a Feather in my cap and, you know, no else Elton Brand. Him being a former player and then, you know, going to the front office role is a good situation that he's in and, and I wish Elton the best.
1: I was, I'm definitely a fan of Elton Brand. To this point, he seems like a player's guy. He seems down to earth. He seems like he doesn't take you know he, he's not a BS guy. He makes the moves. He knows that he has to make them. You know he's either gonna he's either gonna go big or go home. <laughs> whether whether he goes home, he's gonna know that he went down swinging. So I like I like what Elton Brand has brought to the Sixers thus far. Uh, two more things before I let you go. First, before. Every single person I bring on the show And probably the listeners are tired of hearing this by now But I get every single person's view On Ben Simmons and his jump shot People are either saying that he's going to be LeBron one day Or people are saying that he's trash And he'll never reach the ceiling because he'll never shoot it uh, Which side of the fence are you on When it comes to Ben Simmons and his shot
2: I think you should just let him be It'll happen um,
1: I don't think I he has to shoot right now That's my no, my thing he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't have to
2: shoot I interviewed Jason Kidd's son TJ Kidd um, last summer, and I asked him about Ben Simmons and his shot in comparison to Jason Kidd, and who struggled with the jumper. And he said, "Man, you just gotta let him play; it'll figure itself out." And exactly. I think that's what's gonna happen with Ben Simmons. Twenty-two, I think he, man. He like, realized he... that his, his post presence was there.
1: I think. I think. I think. I would rather see Ben um like have his way with with smaller guards in the lane and just and just slam on him that way i'd rather him just have his way in the lane and score at will that way i'd rather see that than him shoot the ball right now of course i'd you know be happy with the jump shot but if he can just have his way and get to the lane the way giannis does i don't think anybody would complain my thing with ben simmons if he played the four nobody would talk about his jump shot ever ever <laughs> like he it's just a matter of people fall in love with the dion waiters and players like that with the jump shot so I think people are just infatuated with the jump shot. and But Ben Simmons just gets all the slander because he hasn't yet to take a willing three. He took one, I guess, the Lakers last season, I believe. Well, all the other ones were, were, were heaves. So my last topic for and you. And because before,
2: he hangs with Kardashians.
1: Yeah, and, and he's Hollywood. And, you know, he hangs out with LeBron and, and the whole bit. And people, he has a high expectations. You know, they touted him as Braun coming out. And, and he showed in the summer league that he can literally, sh- well, not shoot when he wants to, but he can shoot. And he, he can pass and drive, so it's just a matter of if when Ben Simmons does decide to shoot, it's pretty much over for the league. And him compared with Ben Simmons now or him combined with Joel Embiid rather, both of them are in the Philly for the foreseeable future after his extension. I think I think teams are just people are talking because they're more fearful of what Ben's can be rather than thinking he's he's not good so that's that's my view on the Ben Simmons situation so lastly uh not Sixers related but it seems just from my perspective that LeBron is like a favorite guy to report on so so with the additions of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and of course they have Anthony Davis over there which LA team do you think gets gets the upper edge next season
2: (laughs) I'd rather could talk about LA teams than New York teams. <laughs> the on the Knicks, New York side. They're
1: rolling out five power forwards next season.
2: Yeah, as far as who's the team to watch, I mean, the Lakers are still the Lakers. Um, multiple championships, uh, legacy. I Actually, talked to Shaq uh, the other day, and, and, and you know he was saying how he likes the fact that LeBron is playing point guard because he has some magic in him, he has some Michael in him. But you know, I, I think LeBron had a year to kind of settle into the Lakers situation, obviously. In year one, groin injury, uh, a lot of you know coaching changes, front office changes with Luke Walton leaving, Magic Johnson leaving, just a lot of drama. Now it's put up a shut up. You can't if, if if it goes wrong, you know it's on LeBron. Just like I'm, I'm on, you, you say LeBron is one of my favorite guys to report. Uh, Kyrie Irving is on the hot seat now too. Like the next, the Nets have to win fifty games this season in the Eastern mm-hmm. Conference. Can they put up a shut up? Can it? I think they can because the Nets um, have a solid uh, roster, even with KD I like Go. Karras Levert. A lot, I like actually. Karras Levert too. Spent some time with Karras, um at the end of last season, and you know we were just talking about his injury, and he said, you know, you know, he hurt himself. He was le- legitimately could have made an All Star team. Um, and and I asked him, you know, when you when you're playing, do you do you overthink when you're on the court? And he said, you know, at first it was a it was a process to, to you know, when I plant my foot. and and being careful not to, you know, turn it because, you know, you get back on the court, it was jitters. But now um, it's funny because you look at the Nets, three guys are represented by Rock Nation. And you mentioned Kairos LaBert, Kyrie Irving is a Rock Nation agent, and so is Kevin Durant. Uh, But but that's not the only three on that team. Obviously, KD will be out this season. You have Jared Allen, a guy who averaged about 10 points last season, can rebound the ball, was supposed to be... The, the, the Brooke Lopez replacement um, but you also have uh, Joe Harris who, who played with Kyrie in Cleveland mm-hmm. uh, I watched him play at Quicken Loans Arena and those guys had chemistry in Cleveland uh, during the LeBron era uh, when he made his return to Cleveland um, Kitty Atkinson was legitimately as well as Doc Rivers on the Clipper side could have been the NBA's coach of the year this season they had a lot of guys on that team their, their personnel is great um, on the court, off the court uh, even down to security and the ushers they were in a good situation and I think that when you to t- go back to your direct question about the Lakers, though, um, AD is here. Um, you have called Caldwell-Pope, that you resign, who plays Ugh, well with LeBron. Not a fan. Um, you have, <laughs> you know, you fill out the roster with with other guys. Rondo returns. You got DeMarcus Cousins, who was signed to a one year tender. Um, it, it's for Who's them to win, but. But, but you still got to compete with the Houston Rockets, who got better with Russell Westbrook now on that mm-hmm. team. To be honest with you, the Portland Trailblazers got better. I like the move adding Hassan Whiteside to that team. I like the Utah Jets. Every year they've improved. Uh, I like I like uh, Donovan Mitchell's upside. He, his, his trajectory reminds me a lot of Dwayne Wade. So, you know, it's going to be an interesting season. And um, I, I'm happy for everybody who got paid. Hopefully me and you will get paid soon, too.
1: Yeah, hopefully we're next. Are the Lakers going to be better than the Clippers?
2: Man. Um. I think that the I think that they both have good chemistry. I think that the Clippers have more of a chemistry dating back to last year. They added key parts. You know, you added Patrick Beverly, and or rather, you beside Patrick Beverly. You added Paul George and, and, and Kawhi Leonard. Um, you not put me in a hot seat whether I think they'll be better, but I think they'll both be competitive, and it'll be interesting to see if they actually play each other at Staples Game. Nobody has to travel. Um, <laughs> but right. I, I do, I do think that both teams will immensely improve from last season, and um, you know, I think that the Clippers just have to put it together, the Lakers have to put it together. Um, but I, I think there are so many other teams in the Western Conference that we're not talking about, like the Denver Nuggets. Look at how well they played. Yeah,
1: not a believer in Denver myself, but
2: <laughs> you don't?
1: I, I don't. Ah, uh, they, they just, they just. Scream fraud to me like a lot. Like they, they, they're good during the regular season. They scream um, like the Bengals, like of the NFL. Like they're so good in the regular season, then they're always out in the second round of playoffs. And that's what Denver looks looks to me. So I know. I, I, I like, I like Jamal Murray a lot, and I do like, of course, Jokic. We always have the debate around here about Embiid and Peter Jokic as the best center in the game. So uh, I like Jokic's game a lot. Um, as, as a reporter, were you blindsided by the Paul George thing? We all knew that Kawhi was going to make a choice. So The Paul George thing really caught me by surprise as long it as It caught me by surprise
2: because everyone that I was speaking to was saying Kawhi was a done deal. But I'm not so, totally surprised because I knew back in January, Kawhi and Jimmy Butler were having a conversation about teaming up with the Clippers, and I reported that on January 12th. Um, and I'll add that it was a conversation that was revisited this summer. Jimmy was considering the Clippers as well as um, the Miami Heat. And what I'll add is, um, Kawhi, or, or rather, Paul George caught me by surprise because I knew he was on the men. Did you recall I reported in March that he of his, his rotator cuff? So I knew that you know, he was on the men in Oklahoma City. But uh, I was in Oklahoma City last week, and just hearing just how much certain guys on that team were ready for a change, once I put it all together after the fact, it all made sense.
1: Yeah, it is. It's nuts to me how they're still all over there on the Clippers. It's a wonder how Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are going to play in Landry at shadow because you know he's the leader. He's the true leader of that team. So you know Landry Shamet's uh, <laughs> our guy it's over here, and the, show. Uh, man, the so. one shooter that we didn't. But in retrospect, if we never gave him up, we would have never had the chance to get Tobias and retain Tobias. So uh, I'm not upset about that trade, and I'm not too upset about Saric and Roko leaving as Jimmy Butler did net us Josh Richardson. So it all comes full circle I look at it as Elton Brand is playing a chess game while everybody else is playing checkers because he he shipped all those pieces he, he took Tobias from the Clippers just to get Kawhi out west and so the Sixers could be primed in the east that's the way I see it I see it as a long-term play <laughs> I think that's yeah I see that. out- that's Mm-hmm. so that's a matter of 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 elton brand just, just staying ahead of the game and in, in that retrospect my last i keep saying my last point but you did bring up new york they do have five power forwards they missed out on on kd Kyrie, and zion so they went ahead and signed knockoff zion and, and julius Randle and a whole bunch of other you know fours uh what do you make of the knicks do they squeeze in the playoffs or do they crash and burn no i don't
2: think the knicks squeezes the playoffs <laughs> but i don't <clears throat> but i don't think they crash and burn either um as a former, they crashed and employee, burn when they
1: didn't win the lottery. That's when they crash and burned.
2: <laughs> as a former employee at MSG Networks, um, you know I, I know that how much the Knicks were working to to really prepare for this summer um, and, and get the key pieces that they struck out on this summer. Uh, sorry for them uh, in that regard. I know Kyrie Irving though was never intending on coming to the New York Knicks. Uh, KD was a uh, was a bit of a surprise, but I have gotten the word. Um, like that Thursday going into um, free agency that weekend that he was leaning towards Brooklyn. <clears throat> and um, when you talk about Julius Randle, I like Julius Randle. Um, I've liked him since he was in L.A. He, he had that, that, that injury. He came back, he rehabbed and Julius Randle doesn't hurt you. I would agree that he is a knockoff Zion Williamson. I actually think that night Zion Williamson, and while everybody's comparing him to, or some people comparing him to LeBron, I think Julius Randle will end up being more like a Blake Griffin or, or more like a Julius Randle, and that's not a bad compliment. Um, but I, I definitely think the knicks have more cap space um i've heard rumblings that they may have interest in D, uh demar derozan Um uh, i don't know how that would work at this point particularly because if there was a trade all those guys would have to sit for a while before they could make any moves that they just signed but um I, I i think that the knicks have some guys that have something to prove rj Barrett straight to the lakers heads to the knicks um You know, you you just you just have guys that, you know, have something to prove and maybe this is their chance to do so. I won't knock the mix publicly, but what I will say is uh, that I think that Julius Randle will benefit the most from, from the moves this summer.
1: Yeah, I do like Randall's game. And he he did. uh, He will have a a spot to shine over over with the Knicks. It's just a wonder of how RJ Barrett's going to exceed when he's going to get into the lane. And the the Knicks point guards or power forwards rather going to be playing Red Rover because they're all going to be standing there. (laughs) So it's a wonder with Reggie Bullock and all those guys in there. It's a wonder how the Knicks will do it. But I'm sure they'll figure it out. Well, Mr. Brandon Robinson, I do want to thank you for coming on the show. Like I said, we've been playing a lot of phone tag and whatnot, but I'm glad I did get you here uh, in the middle of your meal. <laughs> and it was it was it was a fun time. Go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you out in the world, where they can see your work and how they can reach out to you uh, in social media. Go ahead and put yourself. Scoopy
2: Radio. So subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, F- Stitcher app, simply by visiting scoopbradio.com. We've had anybody from Dr. Shaquille, Rashawn O'Neal on the podcast, as well as uh, DJ Khaled, Mark Cuban, Susan Bennett, the voice of Siri, Um, a ton of people. I could go on and on. In the day, we've been running since 2016. Um, Last year, we got 3.5 million streams on all platforms. It's also available on iHeart. Uh, It's it's also available on iHeart as well. And um, you can also uh, follow me on Twitter at scoopb. That's S C O O P, letter B. Snapchat and Instagram both at scoop underscore b. And um, yeah, man, thanks for supporting. Thanks for watching, and thank you for staying on me. Sorry, we just now got a chance to do this interview, but I'm available.
1: <laughs> it's no problem, man. I'm glad I was able to finally get you, man. It's, 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 I'm glad that we stayed in contact and things did work out. So, like Scoopy, you can always find the Philly Special Podcast on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Stitches, SoundCloud, Anchor,
2: iHeartRadio, and so Scoop Scoopy Radio. Overcome. Hold up.